All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to our newest podcast. Um, I am your host, and well, actually, we're your hosts, uh, Cave Emil and Matt Hayton. I got it wrong again, Patton, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> Jeez, we have to really work on this. <laughs> oh man, okay. Hey, it's uh, honestly, it's still, it's still in the morning, so I'm still kind of waking up a bit uh we're doing a little something uh different but uh, again we hope you guys tune into the uh, this uh podcast uh again welcome uh we have a special guest uh with us today uh we're we in the future we we want to eventually bring uh people for interviews to talk about uh what they're what the lord's teaching them and their ministry background so uh with our with our first guest is one of our elders or leaders of starting the whole ministry omega kingdom ministry uh russ wagner russ good to have you with us it is an honor hey guys it's great i'm really happy to be here it's actually my honor to be with you guys today i'm really happy excited about see what the lord has for us to do yep (laughs) (laughs) so yes uh but yeah we um how i heard about russ uh, is is when I when I heard about Omega Kingdom, I, I when I looked up his uh, intro videos, signed up for the boot camp class, and and then uh, and then was um, assigned to uh, different leaders who actually uh, took the boot camp uh, uh, class with with Russ. He was one he was one of the teachers for that, and uh, and then so eventually time went on as I got more involved, and then Russ reached reached out to me and Matt. And we wanted to try to reach, uh, this, that was, he, Russ is the one, uh, get pouring out his passion and desire to us, the idea of reaching people our age, millennials, and uh, whether, and even younger, even the youth, millennials, or generation, generation Z. So, uh, we, we share the same passion. We, we desire the, uh, the Lord reaching out to people, especially people, you know, seeking community, seeking answers, and and everything else especially if anything uh fellowship fellowship that is that's what we see that people desire um so uh russ by all means share what how share how it all started with uh with you um uh share as much as you can just bringing up to you you know um what, what the lord uh, taught you uh in the in the beginning bringing you from uh present of what, what's been going on, especially with all the changes that have been going on, and uh, what is the Lord doing now? Just go okay. ahead and share away. Well, I, I started in ministry a long time ago, um, actually became a pastor in 1972. And so um, that was my first year of ministry. I was still a, I was actually didn't graduate from college yet. I was between my junior and senior year of college and the denomination I was in asked me if I wanted to go out here to a country church and preach on Sunday. They said, really, all you have to do is preach a sermon on Sunday. And then if they have weddings or funerals, take care of that. That's all that's all that's required of you. And I said, well, yeah, I thought that'd be a good experience. I felt the Lord calling me into ministry and I thought that would be a good experience. So I said, yes. And, um, at, they had an annual meeting where they assign pastors about like about like the military stations people. And so they had the assigning meeting. And I found out for the first time that I was the full time pastor of two churches and I had to move to that community. They expected me to live there and they didn't even talk to me about it. But in the denomination that I was in, 
that was the way things were done. And so we sold our house and Diana had just started working a new job. She had to quit her job and we moved and I became the pastor of two churches. And uh, one was on one side of the Ohio line, one was in Indiana and one was in Ohio. And they had a one hour time change most of the year. And so I could, I actually preached, I did, I did Sunday school and preached at one church and then went to the other church and preached again. And that was every, every Sunday. And that was when I was like, I was 20, 22 years old. So uh, I was a young kid, didn't really know what I was doing, but I had zeal. I had a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of fire, a lot of zeal for the Lord. And I led a lot of people to the Lord. God used me and the, the one church doubled. They're both out in the country, you know, like not a big population center. We're talking about the crossroads of a cornfield with a soybean field mm-hmm. and uh, crossroads kind of towns. And so one of one of the churches doubled in attendance and the other one won a Sunday school contest. And the denomination looked at me and said, this guy's got something going on. I didn't think I had anything going on. I didn't know what I was doing. But uh, they asked me to be a church planter. And I didn't even be honest with you. I didn't even know what a church planter was. I knew how to plant corn. I knew how to plant tomatoes. I didn't know how to plant churches. And uh, so I had to go look it up and find out what a church planter was. They sent me to Northwest of the United States up in Vancouver, Washington, to be a church planter. And uh, the first assignment was to go to this church that had actually died. Uh, they kind of fizzled out. We got there. There were five members. They were all in their 70s and 80s. And um, here I was, at, you know, in, in my 20s. And uh, I was their pastor. We tried some new things. And uh, the Lord used this in a, in a really miraculous way. I think I'll tell the story. I had these two guys come to my door, my office door. Our, our, we lived next door to the church. And my office was in the parsonage and these two guys knocked on the door and they, they had long hair, beards, obviously, uh, you know, kind of like from the hippie culture. And uh, they wanted to talk to me. And I said, yeah, come on in. So I came in. They'd been reading Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth. And they they were afraid that the rapture was going to come and take Christians away. And they they knew they weren't Christians. In fact, they had, they had bought land up in the mountains and had planned to live here during the tribulation period. And, and they, they said, uh, they started thinking about maybe there's, maybe there's another way. And then one guy said, well, there's a preacher that moved in next door to me. Why don't we go ask him? So that's how they came and knocked on my door. And I was able to, I was able to lead both of them to Christ in my office. They both prayed, were born again entered the kingdom of God and they got involved and, and uh, one of them, I found out one of them was actually a drug pusher for the County. He, wow. he was selling, he was selling drugs to kids. He actually went, he'd go on, on the grade school campus and sell, sell pills to kids. And he was selling marijuana to the junior high kids and everything. Well, he got really radically saved and on fire for Jesus. And, um, he decided he wanted to invite all his druggy friends to his house for a pizza party and invited me to come and share my testimony, how I came to know Jesus. And so I did. And uh, the Lord used it in a, 
I was sitting down on the living room floor and the house is filling up with druggies. There was probably 30 or 40 people there that night. And I shared my life story. And uh, several of them did trust Christ as their savior. At the end of a three-year period there, uh, we had like 35 former drug addicts that were clean and delivered. And they were in the church. I mean, and, and they didn't, I didn't ask them to shave or clean up or anything. This is during the Jesus movement. Mm-hmm. So here's the, yeah. you know, these older people, seventies and eighties in the church and, and the ushers were, the ushers were both former drug addicts. My secretary is a former drug addict, the children's church director, the nursery workers were former drug addicts. And it's like the, the thing just happened and it just went on. And uh, we were able to start another church actually on the other side of town in Vancouver as well. And then um, I went on many, many years of ministry. And the Lord used us to start seven new churches across the United States, just from scratch, go into a community in a neighborhood and meet people and introduce them to Jesus and pull them together and started a church. So I learned how to be a church planter. Then um, the denomination asked me to help them train others. So I became uh, the denominational leader of a church planting center to train church planters to go out and start new churches. Well, in the late 90s, I was really getting frustrated with the system. And and the frustration grew as I would read the Bible. And then I'd look at all this stuff I was doing in the church system. And I couldn't find a lot of a lot of the stuff that I was doing as the pastor. I couldn't find that in the Bible. At the same time, I saw a lot of things in the Bible that we were not doing. I mean, the denomination that I was in didn't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, didn't believe in signs wonders miracles didn't believe in people getting healed didn't even believe in demons i mean one one of the one of the main pastors i heard him preach he said well yeah they have they have demons over there in africa you know but uh, we don't we don't have that problem here in the united states and that was their attitude and so i saw the jesus casting out devils and laying hands on people and they get healed and i thought why aren't we doing these things today? So I'd read all this stuff in the Bible that we weren't doing. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking at what I did, these committees and boards. And I, like I was the, you know, the director of worship, the director of education, Sunday school classes and all these things. And I thought, I didn't see any of that in the Bible. And so I came to what I call um, irreconcilable differences with the church system. And uh, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the year 2000. And a year later, I left the denominational church system and uh, started doing house church. We called it house church, meeting in the living room and uh, praying and worshiping and ministering to one another and seeking the Lord, having, having words of prophecy, that sort of thing. And I continued doing that for quite a few years and uh, was actually was actually uh, doing some training, doing seminars uh, to train people how to how, how to start a house church. And I was training people in how to become like, what does an apostle look like? Because the denomination I grew up in, there, there are no more apostles and there are no more prophets. 
Uh, Can you share cultures. real quick what um what that group is called that believes that that doesn't uh, believe that that there's no more apostles or prophets yeah. things like that. It's a, yeah, it's a doctrinal view called cessationist. And you can look it up and do the research on your own. But basically, um, the, they believe that um, all that ceased at the close of the New Testament. So when the final book of the New Testament was written from that point on, their view was there are no more apostles and no more prophets. It actually orig- that view that view originally originally came out of the Reformation. Because they mm-hmm. were, that was an anti-Pope view, because the Pope claims to be the Apostle of Christ, and that there was a succession of Apostles. One Apostle laid his hands on another Apostle, another Apostle laid their hands on the next one, the next one, the next one, till we get to the Pope. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. so the, the Reformer said, no, and it, so it actually came out of the Reformation movement that there are no more apostles and there are no more prophets. Mm. And, uh, and, but it, go ahead. And I can put a little bit more meat on that too. Um, as I was just studying church history again recently. Yeah. Um, the irony of them being cessationist was that both Calvin and Luther had radical spiritual experiences. Like Luther, Luther, Luther believed that he literally physically fought the devil at different points. Yeah. Um, Calvin had radical experiences of God's love. And that's what started what is, you know, reformed and Presbyterian now. Yeah. And Lutherans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and then they saw the excesses of well, too much spirit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And went, oh, no, 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 no. You guys are nuts. We're, we're cutting it off. Yeah. And there's a whole big story about how a guy by the name of Darby wrote a bunch of Bible studies and it got adopted by C.I. Schofield, who wrote it into the Schofield Study Bible and became like almost like scripture. And, and so it kind of took all that out. But Anyways, I, uh, I left the denominational system. I left the church structure system totally in 2001. And just, I said, I'm done. I, 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 I got to find, I have to find what Jesus wanted to do and what the apostles did in the book of Acts. Right. And I just started pouring into the gospels and Acts and trying to discover things. And I did find out that they met at homes. And so we had, we had that down. And uh, we were doing seminars, teaching people how to do house church, basically. And then about seven years ago, I came across a book by Dean Briggs called Ecclesia Rising. And uh, the subtitle, The Authority of Christ in Communities of Contending Prayer. And, and on, on the uh, cover of it, Lou Engel, the prophet, wrote the little paragraph that said, Ecclesia rising will fuel a flame of intercessory dominion in your soul. The revelation contained in these pages has launched me into a whole new paradigm, which I believe can reform missions and bring back the king. When I read that words, mm. new paradigm, it really jumped off the page at me because 
the Lord had said to me at the end of a 40 day fast in 2002, uh, it was in uh, like from January 1 to February the 11th of 2002, I fasted for 40 days. And at the end of that, the Lord said, I'm sending you out as an apostle of the new paradigm. And that I was to go to these cities and teach people and that he had people there waiting, ready to hear what I had to say. So when I when I read this book, I thought, what is this ecclesia? I didn't even I mean, I had Greek, but I didn't really have a class on ecclesia. So I read the book and I thought, wow, this really makes sense that the whole church system is not what Jesus intended to build. He intended to build the ecclesia and so the whole thing of me getting involved in Ecclesia, understanding it, and then going out and teaching and training other people. And that's really about um, 2017, I believe. About six years ago, we went more public with training people. I, I've had the idea all along of training trainers. And, and it's a concept of, that Paul taught Timothy. And I'm going to be talking about, in fact, um, this coming Sunday night on Ecclesia Radio, it's going to be about um, multiplication. Paul told Timothy, the things which you have heard, learned and seen in me, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Mm. And so it's multiplication. And it's really what Jesus did. Jesus trained disciples who were leaders, mm. and they went out and found others and did the same in same thing over again. So what we've been trying to do is replicate or follow Jesus. What did he do and follow him? And I keep saying to others, you know, it's kind of kind of foolish and arrogant of us to think that we can improve upon the methodology of God. Jesus was God in the flesh. He knew how to do it. He knew what to do and he knew what he wanted done. And then he said, follow me. But we haven't followed him. We went off and built churches yep. and programs and and corporations and denominations. He didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that. How did you word it? Or was it you or somebody else that we have cut the head off from the church, off from the body of Christ and yep, placed, Christ replaced it with something else? With with the government and with man-made systems. Yep. Yep. And again, we've made it, we made it very clear, folks, though those who are listening that. Um, again, we're not trying to bash programs because we know the Lord has used them in some way. Uh, mm -hmm. Absolutely. But like, again, what we, that we mentioned, like with Paul addressing is, uh, ignorance for a time, but now that time for ignorance is done. We need to get back to the meat. We need to get back to really uh, seeing what is, what is more important. What does it truly mean to follow Christ? And we've seen that when it comes to we ha what, what, what kind of head are we following? Yeah. And like you're saying, this is not what Jesus intended. It's been used. Yeah. The Lord's used him. And we're not saying that. But now is a time that time is getting short and we need to get serious because God's coming for the, a, a bride without blemish and we need to get serious. Yeah. What I've been saying, too, is I'm not really talking about changing doctrine. I, I believe that the Bible is the word of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe in the Trinity. I, you know, all these things that I was taught as a child in an evangelical Christian church, I still believe all that. We're talking about methodology. We're not talking about what we believe. We're talking about what we do. 
and how, how we, we do it how we do it how we do it jesus didn't have big programs he didn't have he had a big crowd a couple times but the big crowd didn't really become followers of him he spent the majority of his time with 12 guys and at the end of his ministry there were only 11 left and it was relational and intimate and sharing of life and it wasn't based on a program come to the you know come to the big concert come to the big show it wasn't any of that and and they dealt with the issues of life and so that's what we've been doing is teaching and training people how to start an ecclesia in your living room yeah so what i tell people is for the first 30 years of my ministry i was a church planter and telling people come to church and for the last 20 years i've been telling people Get out of church. Get into your living room. Go home. <laughs> Go home. Go home. Get out of church and get into your living room. Because the living room model for ministry is so much different than the platform model and the auditorium model. So much different. Right. Because, again, it's not a building. Right. It's a community. Community. It's, it's a community. It's, it's relationship. It's fellowship. It, it's community and, and family. It's family what should be yeah mm -hmm. so that's uh that's what we've been doing for the last 20 years and we have omega kingdom ministry says the goal is to expand the borders of the kingdom of heaven on earth by taking first century principles and practice and training leaders in that today and releasing them training equipping and releasing them to go do it today yeah so that's what we're doing at omega kingdom ministry i'm excited to to have you guys with the, with the passion to reach your generation, because if you don't, who's going to, it's like, right. they're not going to listen to us old people. Uh, it's like they, you know, I, it, I've tried before to communicate to the younger generation of our day. And it's almost like they're looking at me like, what? <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, it's uh, someone who speaks German speaking to someone that speaks French or English or whatever, mm -hmm. it's like a different language. Or, so. or better yet, better, better scenario, taking a guy from Boston from a guy from Alabama, putting him in the same room, and yet they both speak English, but they, you put them in together, they can't understand a word they're saying to each other. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even not just the accent, but sometimes even the words themselves exactly. have different meanings and definitions. So right. mm -hmm. I'm happy and really excited to see young people trying to reach your generation. So looking forward to what's going to happen yeah yeah and that's what we pray every time we come we uh, come up here we, we pray that the more people are listening and w again we continue to encourage people to reach out we have our contact information by all means reach out yeah. um because we want we want to end up um building communities building families uh in um in ecclesia context yeah. Uh, just you know a, a, a body a picture of what it should really look like and again mm -hmm. we want I and mean, again we want to do it his way we can come up with ideas we can come up with creativity and all that but ultimately we have to learn how to put him back as the head you know and present our ideas sure but then listen to him okay these are great ideas but i need now i want here's what you're gonna do you know we need we need to all get to that point talking to me too but uh, Russ, could you please, uh, unless Matt, did you have any questions for Russ real quick or anything you want to address? 
Um, Russ, how how about you share the the vision you had? I believe it was in twenty in uh, two thousand three. Yeah. Yes, I'm happy to because it, it relates to what you guys are doing. Really, um, in two thousand three, I was doing a seminar on the coastal strip of Maryland, Girdle Tree, Maryland. If, if you know, on the other side of the, the bay there, uh, Massachusetts Bay, there's a coastal strip that's kind of out in the Atlantic Ocean. And I was clear at the southern end of it, a little town called Girdle Tree, Maryland. And um, doing a seminar on how to, how to be apostles and prophets in a city and network a bunch of house churches and we were taking a break from the teaching part and we had a worship time we had a guy that played a guitar and it was probably about i don't know 12 i can't even remember how many were there i'm going to say between 12 and 20 people in the living room it was a big house big enough house that it had servants quarters <laughs> it had servants <laughs> quarters where the servants lived in a different place than the than the white people did and they even had a separate stairway for the servants to take to get to the kitchen and not use the main stairway. It was really a weird house, actually. Big living room. So we're standing there worshiping. Guys playing a guitar, just really simple worship. I don't even remember what we were singing. And uh, worshiping the Lord, standing up. And I had this vision. I looked uh, straight ahead of me and I saw this large crowd of people coming towards me and and they were all young people. They they didn't look like me. And I remember I grew up in Indiana, farm country, country boy, basically rural Indiana. But uh, the people that I saw coming, walking towards me didn't look like me at all. They had uh, dyed hair of all colors, red and green and blue and orange they had lots of tattoos they had lots of metal they had metal in their their eyelids their nose their lip their tongue their ears had metal even in in their cheek mm -hmm. uh, studs and stuff like that and they were walking towards me and it was a big crowd i mean i would look and i couldn't see i couldn't see back to see the end of the crowd it went to the horizon and I looked one direction, the other direction. I couldn't see the end of it either way. Large crowd all walking towards me. And because they were so different from me, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand what was happening. And I became a little bit apprehensive, like they're coming to get me. <laughs> it's like they're coming like a gang. This gang is coming to get me. And I, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't scared, but I started to become uneasy and apprehensive, like, what is going on? It was a real, I mean, a real vivid vision. When I have a vision or see things like that, it's almost like a full color movie playing out on a screen right in front of my face. And I didn't, I didn't see the people in the living room worshiping. I didn't see any of that. I was, I was looking into another realm and it was vivid and real and I became apprehensive and so I actually turned my face away from what I was looking at and I looked straight down I just I just I had to look away from it I didn't I didn't understand what was going on as I did my 
eyes caught over here to my right hand side caught the hand of a dark colored skin man and I knew there were no dark colored skin people in the room and at that point I became afraid I actually was struck with a, a deep fear that I can't really explain with words because fear is not my companion but it was a holy fear because I knew Jesus was standing beside me and I actually felt I felt conviction of the Holy Spirit I felt bad about I felt bad about feeling apprehensive I thought you shouldn't have felt that way and as I looked down Jesus knew what I was feeling he knew I was feeling apprehensive and uneasy and he said they're not coming to you they're coming to me and I just wept just thinking about it even right now it still is so real to me I wept I just wept in joy and uh, also weeping in repentance about my own attitude. My attitude to seeing all these people come was not the right attitude. And I was weeping in repentance and saying, Lord, forgive me. And uh, I, it just impressed upon my heart that they're coming to him. And uh, that was all that. That's all he said at that point. And I didn't do anything about it. A couple years later, I have, I've had three different encounters with, with the young people that are coming to the Lord. The next one was about three years later, and I wrote it down. This was in uh, 2005, hmm. two years later, I guess. And I, I, wrote, I wrote it in my journal. It's between 12.30 a.m. and 1.30 a.m. I got up and sat in my chair. I said, I just had a very prophetic experience, a voice, a dream, a trance-like state. I saw a large crowd of people coming towards me. They were all young people. They were singing, we are hungry, we are thirsty for more of you. You can look that song up. It's a 1999, uh, Lord I need more of you. We are hungry. Mm -hmm. We're thirsty. They were all singing that and they had their hands out in front of them. The same crowd walking towards me, same young people walking towards me and they were singing. We're hungry. We are thirsty. And then the Lord said, here's what he said. I wrote it down. They're coming to me. What will you do to feed them? There's a harvest coming. These will not be satisfied with what has been called church. They will not be satisfied with what has been called fellowship. They will not be satisfied with what has been called worship. They will not be satisfied with what has been called community. They will want much, much more. Your church buildings will look more like a hotel or a Boy Scout campground. They will want to live together in a family because they have never known what it means to have a family. 
they will think in and live in the opposite spirit of our world. They will see material possessions as a burden and an encumbrance to knowing me at deeper levels. They will see work as a means of supporting ministry to others. They will live on 10% and give 90% to the Lord. They will walk in very supernatural giftings. They will not fit into society or church as you know it. They will be like spiritual X-Men. And the Lord told me that because I was an X-Men movie fan. And, and so he's, he's bringing his spiritual X-Men, Christian X-Men that will operate in, in those kinds of, um, those kind of giftings. And he said, they are serious. They are radical. They're unloved by their own families. They're looking for a family. They're looking for spiritual moms and spiritual fathers. About six months later, in the middle of the night, I was awakened by them again. And this time, I heard what I would describe as a large army of people, like a military, actual military, I don't know what you'd call it, a squad, a unit, but it was a big unit. If it was, I don't know what the, I don't know the military language to know, but a company of military and they were marching and I could hear their feet. I mean, you could hear their feet. You could hear thousands of them and they were they were all saying in cadence as they marched like the marines do when they're marching they were saying if i can say it i'm trying to compose my own self right now they were saying will spread throughout the entire land the glory of God's much greater than man. And they just, it was thousands of them marching in unison, in cadence, all young people. They were all soldiers, servants of Christ our King. They were his army. And they were the same people that he transformed and brought into his kingdom. And uh, that was the third time I saw the same crowd. I haven't seen them since, but I know they're coming. And I know that, I know that's what he wants of them. He's going to take these young people who are aimless, without a family, without a purpose, without a reason, without, you know, any, any purpose or reason for getting up in the morning. And, uh, or just living selfishly or living to themselves and give them a new life, a new purpose, a new direction of serving him as their king. So I'm excited about what's coming. Praise God. Praise God. I'm always encouraged whenever you uh, share those uh, visions. It just reminds me what we're doing, what we're doing here. Amen. Mm -hmm. Russ. uh, Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Russ, we uh, we do appreciate you uh, taking the time coming on the our uh, podcast and just sharing that. We hope that 
people who are tuning in and however we spread this out on where we post this, whether on, on Spreaker, how it reaches to other podcasts or on YouTube or everywhere, that people who see this will be impacted by that in our regions, especially our regions. Sometimes you, you don't even, you can't tell how many people listens from your, uh, from the state that you're in, you're in, you know? Yeah. So we hope, uh, we hope that it, it, it really, it, people that hear it, it reaches and impacts them and inspires them. Praise God. I know that, um, because I know what, what folks have come through boot camp and who are out there leading Ecclesias around the United States, that they're mostly baby boomers, 50 and older. Some of them may be 60s. We have some people that are in their 70s. I'm one of them, leading Ecclesias. And, and God knows what he's doing. He raised that up first so that they could be there as spiritual moms and dads and Amen. be spiritual grandpas and grandmas for the ones that are coming because they are coming. They are coming. Amen. A generation of hungry people. They're coming. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And we got to hope in that. I, I'm talking to me because sometimes it's so, it's so most of the time. It's so easy to get us discouraged for that, thinking that we don't, we're not seeing anything right now. But again, things change right away, and I got, I got to keep telling myself that things change before you, we even know it. Well, always, I think, it, I yeah. think it started. I really think it started with what the revivals on the college campuses. Wilmore yeah. started mm-hmm. Wilmore, Kentucky, and now yeah, yeah. on twenty college campuses or more, Crazy. they're just praying and worshiping and repenting started with one guy getting up and repenting of his sin and that just broke loose so i believe god is starting to move and uh, it's beginning praise god yeah and we and we want that spread to our states amen, amen. absolutely well i mean that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it matt did you have anything else you wanted to uh say i mean and the the truth is the Caleb and I don't fit in that cl- that crowd either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, I've, I've always felt um, weird around my own generation. Um, Same. I've Same. always been, um, you know, more bookish, more whatever that does like, give you guys an idea when i was when i was in junior high i'd open my mouth and about two minutes in my friends would all glaze over because they wouldn't understand a thing i was saying yeah <laughs> yep yep me i was just in my own world that didn't really bother to see what's being be involved with really anything i was just you know in my mindset and such what i was into that's what i was into didn't take the initiative to learn other new things and all that so yeah, um, but getting older, you wish like, man, I really wish I took an interest in people, other people took an interest in other things. Um, I'm not saying I was like the oddball, but I, but still, uh, there's, you know, again, that, that feeling that I didn't uh, fit in a lot of areas and that can be a good thing. That really can be a good thing because, you know, we're here right now. We're seeing the, uh, we're seeing the real picture. We're seeing what the, uh, the issues that are that our generation's dealing with and yep. uh that's what that's what we're um and we're answering the call we're answering yep. the call and uh however the lord leads us we just got to be uh listening and obeying again preaching to the choir 
So um, praise God. Praise God. So Russ, again, thank you so much uh, for coming up and just uh, uh, sharing all that. And like I said, I pray that it impacts to those who are listening. Praise God. Well, I'll be praying for you guys and praying for your generation. I'm praying for that crowd to uh, come to Jesus. It's a, it's a come to Jesus moment for their life. Oh, yeah. He changes everything. So I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. Well, guys, thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, we, uh, again, we, uh, we wish you all the best. We, uh, we, uh, we hope that you're all blessed with, through, um, through this pod, pod, podcast. And we all, and we wish you well. God bless. And uh, just so you guys know, the music that we had in the beginning, <clears throat> pardon me, the music we had in the beginning and now is called Inspiring Folk by K.O. Production. Um, and this is Outpouring Fellowship podcast. Um, Caleb and I have some social media um, at Caleb underscore meal on Instagram at Matthias 76 on Telegram for me. And we also have um, outpouring, outpouring underscore fellowship at uh, proton.me, I believe, is there we go. <laughs> um, is that uh, that address the email that you can reach out reach out to us? So yes, through. we do hope that you reach out to us. We want to hear from you. We want to uh, gain connections and such. So it's there. By all means, use it. So we look forward to hearing from you. God bless. All right.